From Luminary, this is Karamo, a podcast. Hey friends, welcome to Karamo. I am your host, Karamo, and on this episode, we are talking about forgiveness. At some point in all of our lives, we have all had to decide if we wanted to forgive someone who has wronged or hurt us. But deciding to forgive can feel like a decision that you don't have any control over when the person who wronged you is an authority figure, like a parent, whose society says you just quote unquote have to forgive. So my question is, do our parents always deserve forgiveness just because they are our parents? We all have different feelings on this topic, and so today I'm going to be talking to the hilarious and talented comedic host from The Ellen Show, Kalen Allen, who is going to share his feelings on forgiving a parent while also sharing some very personal information about his life. Also, I'll be talking to someone by the name of Jesse who contacted me on social media who is currently dealing with this choice of forgiveness. And as always, we will be hearing from some of you who called in to share your feelings on this topic, because as I say all the time on my show, everyone's feelings are welcome. So without further ado, let's start talking and growing, friends. Hey, friend. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kaylin Allen is a YouTuber turned comedic correspondent on one of the world's most popular daytime talk shows, The Ellen Show. Kaylin is from Kansas City, but was living in Philadelphia, attending Temple University, doubling majoring in theater and film, when one of his videos went viral, as he says, by accident. But he saw this as a potential to build a brand, which got the attention of Ellen herself. And this is just the beginning for this very talented, humble, and driven young man. If you don't already know, allow me to introduce you to my friend and little brother in my head, Kaylin Allen. Kaylin, how you doing, boo? I'm wonderful. That was a great intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So let's start from the beginning. As I stated, you are hilarious, but I read in an article where you said you developed your comedic skills as a shield to protect you from bullying as a kid. We see a confident man now, but there is always a backstory. Please tell me about it. I think everybody would already assume like it's the Midwest, you know, mm -hmm. it's Kansas. So there's already a certain type of conservative mindset amongst the people that live there. And being black and gay in that type of environment could cause, you know, some kind of adversity of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I found that comedy kind of helped aid in my survival. You know, yeah. so it was definitely a survival tactic. People seem to like if you can make them laugh or if you could entertain them, they left you alone. You know, yeah. I think 
of me looking at other people that also identified the same as me, I was definitely treated differently and treated better than most of my peers. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because I was able to entertain people. And also, I just never really gave people that power over me because I always found a way to fight back in some type of entertaining way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when did that start, do you think? Like, was it was it an immediate thing where you were just like, oh, you know what? Comedy, this is my shield. Or was this something that you started to discover as you were going and as things would pop up? I think I always knew, like, growing up. Because, like, when I would go outside to play with the kids of the neighborhood and, like, everybody wanted to play basketball and stuff, like, I didn't know nothing about no sports, you know? <laughs> and so it was like, <laughs> I would find different ways of finding other ways to entertain people in that sector to where they would yeah. allow me to feel like I belong there. So I think I just learned over time that that was my strength. And people used to always say to me like, oh, you should be a comedian. Or they'd be like, you're the funny man. And I was just like, uh, I'm really just being me. You know, this is how I talk. This is just who I am. Which is why people are drawn to it. But let's be real. You grew up in a conservative town where teachers and parents don't always applaud the more creative or comedic kids. What was your mother's reaction to you being, quote unquote, a comedian? Was she encouraging? Oh, no. My mother was very, like, she knew that I wanted to be an entertainer. You know? Even mm -hmm. when people will say to me now, and they're like, oh, well, he's a comedian or this. I say, no, I'm an entertainer. I believe there's mm -hmm. a difference. And she always encouraged it. And I think that's really when I started to hone into it, is when I started to do, like, musicals and plays. Like, I always played the comedic characters. There was just something that I understood about the rhythm of comedy. And I knew how to make it happen and make it funny. I knew what worked and what didn't work, you know? Yeah. And so, no, she was very for it. And also, I, like, was a singer as well. So, like, I used to sing around the city and stuff. So, she also encouraged that. What? You can sing, Kayla? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I see when you're doing your Beyonce moments, but I've never really actually heard you, like, full out sing, sing. Even though you're always on pitch. Hold on. So we got a Kaylin Allen album coming soon. You know, people have asked me about it and I've been like, mm, maybe one day, maybe one day. I would love to go do Broadway. <laughs> oh, I could see that. I really I could see that. that. I think that would be exceptional with you on Broadway. Yes, I would love to do that. Have you ever been approached or ever thought about going in that direction? Okay, so funny story is actually this past February, I was supposed to do Kinky Boots out here in L.A. Oh, wow. I was asked. And I was going to do it for 3D Theatrical, and they were out by Anaheim. And I was supposed to do Kinky Boots, and I didn't do it. I decided not to do it at the last minute because I just looked at my career. And I was like, in this moment, is it worth me taking time to go do a musical 45 minutes away? Or is it more important for me to continue to build my brand and take other opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. that will actively help me grow yeah when ultimately then hopefully one day i'll be able to audition for broadway you know i was like what am i gaining from it yeah you know one of the things i think which is really cool about what you say which i try to tell people all the time when they ask me about how have i achieved the success that i have in my career i say one of the keys you know on top of being kind on top of being patient on top of being smart and driven is also understanding and i think this is key it's about not going after what you think is the immediate bag. Mm 
So the shiny thing that's in front of you might not be best in the long run. Mm. You might need to say, you know what? Let me pass up on this now because later on down the line, there could be more money or more opportunity versus me taking this now Mm -hmm. and not having more control or ownership later. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. I mean, even sometimes you need to do stuff for free, you know? I've many Uh times done things for free that have led to me being paid for that the second go round. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just the way it works sometimes. So what are some of the things that you sacrificed and did to get to the place you are now where people would be like, no, there's no way Kaylin did that? Because I think it's good for people to hear that. Well, the week that I moved to L.A., I actually had grad school auditions at Juilliard. I did know that. And you instead made the decision to come to L.A. Yes. Was that a hard decision for you to make? And why did you make it? I wouldn't say that it was necessarily a hard decision. I knew that the decision I was making was the right decision. But I will say that once I started in the job and continued to make food videos from my bed, I started to wonder if then if I had made the right decision, Mm. you know, like it was a battle within me that I had given up my desire to be a professional actor in New York City to talk about food in my bed. Mm -hmm. You know, I struggled with that. Yeah. Because to me, the food videos were meaningless. They just didn't hold any importance, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, what am I really adding to the world? I felt like I added a lot more as an actor. So I did struggle with that. And I think it was a very big decision to decide to leave that life behind. Were you getting any negativity or pushback from anyone in your life that were authority figures, like mentors, parents, anyone who were like, really, you're passing up Juilliard for this YouTube career? Absolutely not. I mean, I made the decision. If there's one thing you want to know about Kalen, is Kalen makes his own decision. He don't care what nobody else got to say about it. <laughs> and that's just the way it works. Well, you know, I noticed that in a lot of the interviews that I read about you, there's a lot of talk about having to be self-reliant, having to survive, doing what you think you have to do for yourself. There's a lot of sort of this independent talk. Where does that come from? So when I was in fourth grade, my mother had a tumor on her liver. And we were told that she only had six months to live. And at that time, it was just me, my mother, and my grandmother in the house. My grandmother lived with me. And because of that situation was the moment that I learned how to basically have to take care of myself. Wow. Because she was sick. She was in the hospital. You know, she couldn't do it. So, like, I learned how to drive. I had my permit at 14. I learned how to cook. I learned how to clean. Like, I learned how to pay the bills online. Like, I learned how to do everything at that time. So, at that point, I became self-reliant. And... From that moment on, I mean, when I went to school, I had never visited Temple University. I literally just felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And I packed up all my bags and I moved there by myself. My mother didn't move there with me. I got all my stuff there and I unpacked and I learned the way to, you know, move about the city myself. Do you ever feel like you missed out on that childlike ability just to say, well, someone else can handle it? Do you ever miss out on that? Um, so funny that you say that because I was talking to a friend the other night because what I struggle with myself is that I tell a lot of people, if you are going through something and you need somebody to call, I'm probably not the person to call. Mm. And I'm upfront and honest about that at first. And the reason is, is because I have had to be resilient And so strong in just figuring it out that that's just how I operate. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I just figure it out. I just make it happen, no matter what the situation is. And so I do feel like sometimes I wish that I knew how to be a little bit more emotionally connected and knew how to be more vulnerable in my life. Yeah. However, I do understand that sometimes it's just not how everybody is built, Mm -hmm. you know? So I do think that as far as my childhood, I think I still had an amazing childhood. Of course. I still experienced things that many people didn't even get to experience in their livelihoods, you know? So I don't really have any regrets as far as my resiliency and my strength in that. But I think at times, yes, I wish I would know how to be a little bit more vulnerable, especially when it comes to dating and stuff like that. So I know that dating is something that you're actively trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) So at the beginning of the year, I was going to do a date a month. Like that was what I was going to do. And then I started. And this is what I found is that because I've gotten so used to now, like having to greet fans and talk to people, anytime I go on a date now, I have noticed that everybody thinks that I'm genuinely interested in them. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Because I'm so good at talking. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> yes. When it's like, no, it just may not work out. Maybe the energy isn't the same, but they think because I'm nice and will let them in and let them go with me places that that means, oh, yes, we about to get married. That's not the case. You know? They, they done found their husband and okay. you're like, uh-uh, Funny, boo. No, and that's another thing. What I had to learn is that because I'm so young, <laughs> And I have a stable job. Everybody's not at that place. Yes. I can't take care of people. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes with that whole statement of like, I can't take care of people. That's still in what you were saying. You know, you're still in a process of growth in your life. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to be resilient, take care of yourself. And when you have to do that, your capacity is full because right. most people have a lot of different support systems. And I'm not saying you don't have support systems, but a large part of the burden is on your back. So when someone else comes in the picture, it's like, I I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And that's a lot of pressure for somebody. How do you normally deal with the pressure of people turning you into their everything? Um, If you make me feel safe or comfortable, then that is how I will give you more of me. You know, I don't think you are the finest thing walking out on this street. If you have a toxic energy to you and it only makes me feel like I'm having to put in more work in this situation, we're not going to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I gauge even friendships. It's like I see how they make me feel. What does it feel like when they are in my presence? Do I enjoy being around them? Or if they call, I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't talk to them right now. You know, stuff like that. So that's how I figured out. I've always had a good sense of character. And being able to mm-hmm. know what someone's intentions are. And I've always been the type of person, like, if it, you ask anybody that I know, my circle is very tight. It is very small. I've been yeah. like that my entire life. I don't have a lot of people around me. I don't believe in entourages. We're not doing that. This ain't no group activity, you know? And so mm-hmm. I know how to keep a distance, a healthy distance from people, you know? Yeah. So within that small group, when you've had people betray you, which we all have, or even that within that small group, anybody in your life that you consider close, if they've betrayed you do you have space or do you believe that people should get a second chance in my opinion no okay i tell people i can forgive something as long as you did something that could have happened like if you've done something that shouldn't have happened in the first place then i'm not gonna participate Mm -hmm. you know that's a red flag for you that like no 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 and why is that a red flag what does it say about their character to you Well, I tell people, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say they're going to do something 
and they don't do it. And I think mm-hmm. when certain red flags start to show up, that shows what somebody's character. Like I can tell what your morals and values are based off of the mistakes that you make. And if you have the yeah. courage enough to one, be honest about them and to two, also apologize for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you lie about something that didn't need to be lied about, I know I can't trust you mm-hmm. because I know that you are selfish and it's all about yourself, you know? Yeah. What about if this person is an authority figure in your life, like your parent, mm-hmm. your friend, or somebody? Do you believe they deserve forgiveness if they betrayed you at some point? Ooh, now that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. It gets very complicated when it's a blood relative. And I think what you have to do is you have to find boundaries. You have to set boundaries. Because mm-hmm. I know it's not easy to just cut off a family member. I understand that. But you have to find boundaries that allows you to have somewhat of a healthy relationship with that person without them, one, abusing you or taking advantage of you, you know? Yeah. So you have to figure out if you've been giving all of this to them of yourself and then they still don't know how to appreciate you and they still do you wrong, then you have to say, okay, well, then I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. And then that's how you create those boundaries. Mm hmm. Agreed. Because I believe that people can only hurt you if you let them. Listen, I have been preaching that sentiment forever. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people who identify as part of our community, the LGBT community, often have been rejected by a parent or someone. Mm -hmm. And I know reading your story, your mother at first was still learning how to love you authentically and fully when it came to your sexuality. And now she came around. And I had a similar experience. But the opposite was my father didn't come around. And then later on was like, well, I'm a kind of half come around. And I was like, nope, here's a boundary. Mm-hmm. I can set this boundary to see if there can be growth mm-hmm. in our relationship. But the minute I realized he was not able to respect that boundary, I was like, well, then I have to do what's going to be healthy for me. Have you ever had any instance in your life where you had to do the same? Oh, absolutely. And I think the most valuable lesson that I've learned for myself is sometimes we have to forgive people who are not strong enough to apologize. Mm. Hold on. Say it again for me, because, you know, I come from that school of Oprah. I know you over there working at Ellen, but I come from the school of Oprah. You have to forgive people who don't have the what is it? Don't have the strength to apologize. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What is the piece of adversity that you've been through in your life that has helped to shape Caitlin? I would have to say definitely the battle between me and my mother and me coming out. Mm. I think because even though I knew my mother still loved me, I couldn't wait around for her to say it. So I had to figure out if she did not come around, if she decided that that was what she wanted to feel, how was I going to survive on my own? Yeah. How was I going to figure out so that I was going to be okay with me being by myself? And so I feel like that's the moment that it all shifted for me. And I had a different perspective. And how did you come to the clarity of knowing that you could actually still make it? How did you come to that clarity? What was the process? I realized that coming out, I thought that it had everything to do with everybody outside of me. And I realized that that wasn't it. I wasn't coming out to the world. I was coming out to myself. And when I came out, I found a new peace 
and a new joy and a new confidence that I had never experienced ever before. Like I had always been confident, but there was something now different about it. Now, this new confidence was now fearless. Mm. I feel like I had defeated the ultimate battle within myself. And I started to love things about myself that I'd never liked before. Like I stopped trying yeah. to assimilate within, you know, a heteronormative society, like with the way that I walked or the way that I dressed, you know, or the way that I talked. I no longer care to be able to fit into somebody else's box or to fit on one side of the spectrum. I knew that I could be everything that I was meant to be and everything that I wanted to be because the only person that it mattered who I made happy was myself. Mm, that's it. You better preach, Kate. Take him to church. <laughs> Take him to church. And the congregation said, amen. Amen. Okay? Won't he do it. Won't he do it every time? Mm -hmm. That is such a powerful lesson for people to understand is that when you understand that your happiness is most important and when you realize that your growth and your self-love is something you can practice every day, you realize that when you're honest with yourself, the rest of the world just seems just conquerable. It's yeah. like, oh, I can handle this. Yeah. I can handle this because I know who I am and I love who I am. And that's a process for people mm -hmm. because most people practice saying negativity to themselves or practice the negative narratives they've heard. And for you, you were like, okay, if she can't come around and I have to be on my own, if she was going to unfortunately, possibly, you know, when she was sick, pass mm -hmm. and I have to be on my own, how can I be honest with myself about who I am so that I can love myself fully mm -hmm. so that I can conquer this world? I think that's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. lesson. Yeah. So as you're conquering this world, what's next? Because I know you said you were feeling like, oh, I left Juilliard and I'm making these videos, but them videos done worked out for you, boo. They um, have. So what is next on the Kalen agenda? I think for me, I've done a lot of self-reflecting because I think I struggled at the beginning and been like, oh, I don't know what's next. I've already, you know, accomplished far beyond what I would have ever dreamed or imagined for myself. So I think, as I have spent time doing this and having many different experiences, hosting events and stuff like that, is what I have learned is that I want to have a talk show, you know? Amen. I, I see it. I, I want to have a talk show. I think that I have a different type of sensitivity and I just care about people and their stories that I want to connect to people. I want to tell people stories. I want people open to new worlds and stuff like that. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I, I see the talk show. I see also the album coming out in the meantime. <laughs> and I think I have your first single. This is something I had to go into my phone. Uh -huh. This is God Honest. I know people can't see us and I'm alone in my house right now. But this is God Honest, something that I had saved on my phone. I'm going to try to play it so you can hear it. See if you remember this. Okay. Who to get big? Don't talk to me. Because I'm going to be thick up in this tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I came up with that jingle. Let me tell you something. You posted that November 22nd, 2019. How do I know that? Because that's the day I saved it off of your story. Oh, Because I said God. that single, when it comes out, baby, I'm going to be the first one Listen. to download that. <laughs> you know, that's just something else. I mean, this is what I think is so great about who you are as a talent and as an entertainer is that everything you do is engaging. And I say this wholeheartedly, just, just giving you your roses while you're here, even watching you and your trainer, Cody, work out. It is, I, I keep saying, I'm like, I want that reality show. I want it, I want it, I want it. I would tune in every single day to learn how to be healthier, but also just watch your antics. I mean, 
every single day I would tune in and watch it. And then when I heard you singing this, I was like, oh, I would download this in a heartbeat. And so I don't see any limitations for where you're going. And that's why in the beginning of this interview, I said, if y'all don't know him, just wait. Y'all going to be hearing about him every single day. Because trust, this man is going super, super far. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Karamo. Kaylin, I, I truly do love you and glad that you're in my circle, in my life. Um, you are someone in my mind that I consider a little brother. You know, I'm I'm the old gay black man on the block. So I see the little young talent coming in. I'm like, yes! I'm not a hater. I like to applaud the ones coming behind me. So I'm like, yes, 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 keep I doing it. And so every time I see you, I literally just can't stop smiling and applauding everything you got going on. So congratulations. You know I watched you on that show in New York. Did you really? <laughs> yes. That was when I first found out who you were. Because, like, Real World was, like, so early on. But, honey, I watched... You were two when Real World came out. You was two. You was two when yes. Real World came out. That show was so funny. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It was a mess. So, you know, if you ever need any career advice of what not to do, come ask me. Because that was a mess of a show. But listen, Kaylin, thank you so much for sharing your personal story with us. Thank you for giving some advice to people. What you've said are and what you have dropped, these little golden nuggets, are just really exceptional. And um, continue success with everything you're doing. You, uh, honestly, I do love you, and I think you're just amazing. Thank you. I love you as well. I'll give you my, my life an example. I grew up, my pops wasn't around. He wasn't really there to take care, you know what I mean? He wasn't really there to, to watch me grow up, to teach me really anything, you know what I mean? But me growing up, I learned myself to forgive that aspect of it because me holding on to things that happened in the past and things that I wish could have happened and things that I thought should have happened, like I, it, those were things that I had to eventually forgive and let go in order for me to grow as a person. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, Jesse. So you grew up with your two sisters, with your mom? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mostly. And what was that like? 
It was all right. Mom worked all the time. So we were kind of like lock key kids or whatever the expression is. Mm -hmm. We took care of ourselves. And during this time, where was your father? Okay, so he was a pilot and he wasn't at home a lot usually because the way their shifts work is they're a week on, week off type thing. Once they got a divorce, he was gone a lot of the time. We saw him like one weekend every month. And then with the moving, it became one week every four months. So he was gone for months at a time. Yeah. Where's your father now? I don't know. You haven't talked to him yet. Mm -hmm. So I know you were wanting to figure out if you should cut him off. Yeah. In what way did you mean to cut him off? Should I just let him live his life and just live mine? Or should I have to take him in and try and fix him? Should I just let him go? Or should I just keep trying? Well, I first of all, I want to apologize to you. And even though I'm not your mother or your father, I think sometimes hearing an apology and saying, I'm sorry for what you're going through, that you didn't deserve that. Sometimes we need to hear that. I don't think we hear it enough. So I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. But what I want you to know is that it's not a place where what's going on with your mother and your father is you didn't get the childhood you deserve. And you know that. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you get the chance to say that out loud? I didn't get the childhood I deserved. I've never had that chance. Yeah. This is your chance. So I didn't get the childhood I deserved. Yeah. The reason I'm having you say it out loud is because sometimes we know the things in our subconscious and we hold it in. But like letting it out allows us to start the process of healing. The thing is that in this situation, cutting your father out or keeping him in your life is not the real core issue here. Forgiving your father for what has happened is really not what's going to help you to grow. But there is a step that you can take to start to heal and give you a little bit more clarity. First of all, that was a big step of saying, I didn't get the childhood I deserve. But secondly, you have to mourn the childhood that you were supposed to get and that you deserved. Do you believe you deserve that? I think everyone deserves to have a good childhood. I just don't think it should be like something that lords over my life because I didn't get one. So my question was, do you believe you deserve that good childhood? Yeah, I deserved it. You did deserve it. That's where it ends. You don't have to feel the pressure or the guilt to say, well, I can't talk about it anymore because of the fact that like, oh, I, I can't be held in that. That's a big part of who you are. Yeah. What are you thinking about? I was just thinking about how when, before the divorce, we used to live in this country home in Virginia. Mm -hmm. I was like surrounded by mountains and cow pastures. And that was always my favorite part of my life. Yeah. And I think about it more often than I should. But I really wish I could just go back there. Yeah. What made that a nice part of your life? It was so freeing not have to worry about anything. We could just go outside and the three of us and just hang out. Like It was just freeing, but it just ended when we lost everything. Yeah. And see, that's part of the thing, that there were some pockets of joy for you, but your words, when I lost everything, that's what you have to mourn. And as you're mourning that, you have to start to find pockets of joy now. Yeah. Who in your life right now 
can you talk to openly and honestly about this? Probably like my sisters because they went through the same thing. What do you usually talk about? Uh, my sister just got married. She's living her best life. Yeah. So we talk about that sometimes or like trips that she's gone on. But you don't really get to talk about the stuff that happened as a children? Because um, it seems like you more so talk about the things that are happening now immediate, especially with your father. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I want you to find a moment to talk to your sisters when you both feel comfortable about the things that happened in your past. Express to them exactly what you were feeling. And that little mantra you just said is that I didn't deserve that childhood. You all need to be able to express that together. Because through communicating about it is when you start to heal. That's when you're going to start to find the closure within what's going on. And then just like you just said with your sister, her living her best life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to find pockets of joy for yourself. What do you like to do? I go to Wissahickon a lot. It's a park. Oh, nice. It looks beautiful during the fall. Yeah. And I didn't have seasons when I was in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I've been there like every season so far. It's, oh, nice. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. At least you're finding a pocket of joy. That's going to be really important. But the final piece in this, which is a big piece, is you have to remember you're not responsible for what your parents did or are planning on doing. Okay. You're just not responsible. Yeah. You can't fix it. All you can do is try to live your best life and find your pockets of happiness and joy. I, I agree. So the question is really not about cutting him off because in essence, he's already cut himself off. He did that. Your mother did that. But those are things that you did not deserve as a child and that you were not responsible for. Mm -hmm. You had nothing to do with their behavior. But what you can control is your own, of mourning the childhood you didn't have, finding pockets of joy for yourself, and remembering that you're not responsible for their behavior. Okay. What do you think about that? I think I agree with you. <laughs> it feels good to hear that. It yeah. feels good to be validated. Yeah. I mean, if your father is able to come back around and is able to communicate to you that he needs support, that's then a decision that mm -hmm. you can make and say, well, what do I need as well? Because it's a two-way street. You have to be able to meet somewhere. So this is really not about cutting him off. It's about you figuring out how to forgive yourself, to love yourself, to enjoy your own life. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I really appreciate you being here and being vulnerable and open because I think a lot of people go through this where they've had traumatic experience with parents mm -hmm. and they feel responsible and feel as if they have to continue to be the ones to fix it. Right. But you don't have to fix it. All you have to do is try to live your best life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. I have a great relationship with my parents, so it's, it's very rare that they do anything that requires forgiveness. But yeah, I can't think of any situation where I would not forgive them and continue to love them.
I don't think your parents always deserve forgiveness just because they're your parents, because it's opened up this big discussion now about are they your family by blood, your chosen family, and just because someone's family by blood doesn't mean that you can accept everything that they've done in the past. So if someone's truly hurt you and you haven't been able to make amends with that and they haven't come around, I would not feel like you need to forgive them if they haven't done something that deserves your forgiveness. What a great conversation, friends. I want to thank Jesse for sharing their story. I want to thank everyone who called in and shared their feelings. And lastly, I want to give a big thank you to my little brother in my head, Kalen, for coming on the show and being so transparent about his growth and sharing advice on how to forgive while still protecting yourself. Listen, friends, what I know to be true is that sometimes the decision of who you should forgive can be difficult. As a culture, we are trained, quote unquote, that no matter what an authority figure does, we should always give them the benefit of the doubt and forgive them. But I think what should be taught is the importance of identifying red flags, asking yourself, would the person ultimately do this behavior towards me again, even if I forgive them? It's also equally important to set boundaries when someone hurts you, whether you decide to forgive them or not, because at the end of the day, it's those boundaries that will shield you from sacrificing your own happiness. And lastly, don't let anyone force you into forgiving someone until you are ready. The journey of healing and growth is a personal journey that should never be rushed. Take all the time you need to process your feelings and approach forgiveness when you are ready and when the other person is in a space to be honest with you. Friends, as always, thank you for listening and growing with me. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Karamo to let me know your feelings about today's episode. Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. Karamo, a podcast, is an entertainment show. For advice or support on any emotional or mental challenges, please contact a licensed professional in your town. This show was produced by Karamo, Nick Pinella of Workhouse Media, and assisted by Ellie Charles. All music composed by Ernie Wooden and the Big Woozy Band, and all episodes are edited by Nathan Moody. Thank you for listening and growing with us. Hey, friends! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.